everyone. I'm Kelly Harrell, author, modern animist, and runes fangirl. Soul Intent Arts is my spiritually focused practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, animism, soul tending, and how all of that intersects through sacred activism on my path. The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a rune cast that I've done for years, focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all the rune casts on my site, soulintentarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month rune is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the Weekly Rune at soulintentarts.com. It's explained at the beginning of every rune cast. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and the podcast possible with their financial support. If you'd like to support the Weekly Rune, you get full access to the RuneCast, no ads, more detail on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune in your personal, seasonal, spiritual work, and a Galder recording for how to work with the Weekly RuneCast through chanting. There are different levels of contributions. If you want bigger rewards, there are options for those. And if you don't want any rewards at all, you just want to show your support, you can do that. Go check out patreon.com and search for The Weekly Rune. And you can always subscribe to the free version of The Weekly Rune by going to soulintentarts.com. And thank you. Isa, again. Huge dramatic pause. Because that's what Isa is. We talked last week about how Isa is the point along the progression of the Elder Futhark that things come to a standstill. And it's not just for the hell of it. It's not just a, a reason that we're just kind of hanging on the sidelines because we don't have anything better to do. It's an extremely active place of stillness. Things pause because something must be tended before we can go further. It's not that time stands still or that we get it all figured out in the two weeks that we have every year with Isa, or that some change that we are experiencing in Isa comes to total fruition. I wish that it worked that way. I really do. But what it means is this is a provided time to get ready, to take care of every aspect that is under our control so that when things progress further, because unless the sun goes supernova, they will progress further, then we're ready to move on. To reiterate, moving on will happen. The question is whether you're ready. For those of you who don't know, I play a ton of board games. You could say I play a metric ton of board games, mostly Euro-style, German-engineered, love worker placement set collection, some press your luck, though not so crazy about area control or deck building games. Hashtag my geek cred. But what does playing board games have to do with ESA or readiness? Well, Pretty much everything. And while I'm at it, they have everything to do with how you weave your weird, too. There's a future episode in board games and weird weaving. The thing about board games is you have to be very honest 
with what you have, with the hand that you've been dealt and what you can actually accomplish with it. And sometimes that means everything rolls right out to you and you can't play it wrong. Now, of course, you can play it wrong if you don't realize the roles are in your favor, which, of course, harkens back to Wunyo and realizing that things are firing on all cylinders, realizing synergy and joy. If you can't identify that, then you're going to miss the fact that things are rolling in your favor, that you have this platform to stand on that's just there for you. Sometimes playing games means you spend the entire time playing catch up to everybody else and your best effort just gets you nowhere. Sometimes it means nothing rolls your way. And the thing is, it really isn't about winning or losing, but how you play the game. And I don't mean that in just some, you know, morality teaching platitude. You only ever can respond to what you're dealt. The thing is, you do have to respond or you can never change the stakes of the game. So when the game is in your favor, why would you change it? Why learn new skills? Why see things differently? Why jeopardize your standing? That's privilege, right? And when the game isn't going in your favor, you have to be able to rise above the emotional and psychological distractions to how you're playing and still stay in the game. You can't moan the fact that you're losing. You can't constantly go back to the fact that you get bad roles. You still have to psychologically and emotionally tend yourself to stay in the game. And again, if you don't engage to change the game, if you fall out because you are bypassing and, and moaning, you have to engage well or you'll never change the stakes of the game. Both dynamics still require you to be attentive to how you respond in board games and in life. If you can't look beyond privilege and things go in your way through no effort of your own, you'll never really situate into community. And if you can't deal with things being difficult, well, you'll never gain control that is within your power and likewise not achieve the eldering skills to show up for community. Whatever the immediate personal dynamic is, ESA forces you to acknowledge and find your way through. The end game is still that you are required to mature and gain the skills needed to grow so that you can recognize and become your communal self. Whether you're privileged or not privileged in playing the game or in playing life, it is still your job to handle it all well so that you can show up for community. That is being a fit elder in our trajectory as a human. In the last week, I was asked by two different people, completely unrelated to each other, what initiation really looks like. It's kind of weird. You know, the universe does that every now and then. I'll go ages and a particular topic doesn't come up and then it comes up in this cluster. And when I talk about initiation, I'm talking about the big one or the big ones. That's a myth also that there's only just one. But not every initiation is the one that you fall on your sword for, right? And part of our discernment as humans 
is to realize which ones are the big ones and which ones aren't. A whole other episode. So I'm talking about the big ones today. The short answer is those big initiations look like ESA. It looks like everything I just talked about. It's messy. It's not a straight line. And it's different for everybody. We've been fed the New Age bullshit about enlightenment and kundalini awakening as if those are the upswings of initiation, as if they're the rewards. And they're not. They're just steps along many other difficult steps. But they are the sexy ones. They're the ones that we talk about. There's this idea that when you achieve enlightenment that you're done with this, the initiation, that when you... Uh, have the kundalini awakening and you're connected to all things and all aspects of yourself, that that's the end of the initiation. Wrong. Yes, there is deep awareness and wisdom in those steps. And we're asked to hold on to that while we do the rest of the steps. That's the hard part. The hard part is seeing the goal at the end of things, this enlightenment or, or whatever you want to call it, this insight and being able to hold on to that insight while the rest of our life gets rearranged so that we can live it and carry that insight to everybody else. Because that's the initiation. It's not the personal revelation part. It's not the clouds parting and enlightenment is bestowed. Everybody is enlightened one way or the other. But it's clear that not everybody is responding to that enlightenment the same way. If it was just about gaining insight, then the world would be a much better place than it is now. I mean, look around. Tons of people have insight. Tons of people are enlightened in one way or another. And I'm, I mean enlightenment in that deep, gut-wrenching, mind-altering insight. You know, we're still in a shit show, obviously. It's not about the enlightenment. It's about what you do with it. And what you do with it is heal your shit. Learn skills to increase mindfulness and awareness. Begin parsing your calling into what you learn as you go through the initiatory process. Again, everybody thinks, oh, I got my calling. I'm good. I'm done. No, it's not plug and play. It doesn't always make sense with your current life circumstances, with your current emotional, psychological, financial, or physical experience. Where you are on a practical level in the moment may not match what you're being called to do. And that's what initiation serves to level. It connects those things in a way that is going to best suit you. But if you can't recognize that, if you can't recognize when the dice are rolling your way and respond to that in a way that is mature and fit, then you're not going to make the connection between calling and how you can actually carry it out in your life. If the dice aren't rolling your way and you're pissed about that fact, you're not going to be able to situate calling and initiation together in a way that you can carry it out. And, and it hurts. That, that process of, of retrofitting or whatever you want to call it, of rewiring so that calling and life are in conjunction, so that they're compatible with each other, it hurts. You do give up dreams. You do have to set aside goals, maybe even relationships and high-paying jobs. 
The rewards of initiation aren't having an ultra-cool spiritual path or practice. They're not that you saw the answers to the universe in some trance. They're not that you get rich. They are way, way less cool and shiny than those. But the rewards are very clear. The, re- the reward of initiation, first and foremost, is that calling does situate into your everyday life in a way that you can actually do it. That's the outcome of initiation. But the rewards of initiation of ESA, of what we're being demanded to do by ESA right now, are that the tension does eventually lift. You do figure out what to do with the information you were given. And I don't mean the enlightenment that you received. Fuck the enlightenment. It's not about that. I mean the redefining that that enlightenment did to you of you as a person, as a fit elder, the way that it changed you so that calling in your life, circumstances fit together, the things that you put down, the story that unfolded and how you had to make those changes, how did you arrive at what needed to change, what needed to be accommodated, that's the wisdom, that's the reward. The reward is that you get to be sane today and how that looks on the outside you start to live without pretense. You start to have significantly less shits to give. That is Isa. That is how you become ready for what comes next. And that is the ring that's passed. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about the seasonal runes or how to work with them in a more personal way, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or call in through the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all kinds of other podcast platforms. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which is a podcast that I co-host with a couple of lovely ladies, also produced through Anchor. And Around Grandfather Fire, another podcast that I deeply love, hosted by James Stovall and Sarenth Odinson. You can also find that on Anchor, and I think you'll find it very valuable. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting soulintentarts.com. And in terms of social media, I'm most active on Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.